No, this is hilarious. So I literally went, what was it, like 20 minutes? Yeah. I did a 20-minute podcast to myself. <laughs> but what I was saying is I just wanted to share some of this research that I go through throughout the day. It's been on the self a lot. And we were just talking about Carl Jung and uh, his impact on philosophy. And obviously the West. I mean, that's my area. Right? I'm Western. So I just wanted to quote from his uh, one of his main concepts, the self. And it says, the central overarching concept governing, governing the individuation process. So the process that is the self. He symbolizes by mandalas. I love mandalas. Think about uh, a design made of sand. Uh, and once they're done with using it or once it's served its purpose, uh, they don't um, like a, think of a jigsaw puzzle. Right? There's two types of people. Those that create the puzzle and when they're done, boom. We're done. And those that will preserve that finished puzzle for eternity. The idea here is the self is like the mandala. When they're done creating the mandala, it has served its purpose and it is swept away. Not a waste, just making room for the next. And so he goes on and says the union of male and female. This is the idea of self. Totality, unity. Young viewed it as the psyche's central archetype. So the self is central to the entire idea of the psyche. And he says, symbolized by a mandala, just like Upakara, right? That uh, which operates uh, because of what is close at hand, right? So you use it for as long as you need it and then cast it off. Like the Dharma, right? right? When you get to the other shore, uh, you don't uh, keep carrying your boat with you. It goes on and says about the union of male and female. I think this would be perfect to talk about Yab Young. I find Yin Yang has kind of lost some of its symbolism. So let's talk about Yab Young. Literally in Tibetan means father-mother. It's a common symbol in India, Bhutan, Nepal, and Tibet. It represents the primordial union of wisdom and compassion. They depict it as a male deity in union with his female consort. We've talked about this before from the Bardo Thadul, the Tibetan Book of the Dead, when you have Samantabhadra and Samantabhadri. Uh, the two do represent exactly that, wisdom and compassion, together. The idea of interpenetration. So for Jung, absolutely, totality. That's this, uh, the, uh, the concept of self. For him, is like a mandala, is like the union of male and female, which I argue 100% the yabyam idea, a totality, right? This idea of interpenetration, coalescence. I adore this word, coalescence. Yuganada. Unity. Right? The male figure represents compassion and skillful means. We've talked about Upaya. While the female partner represents insight. This is uh, this idea that the self isn't individual. It's a totality. That's that idea. So I like to bring up this idea of equanimity. Right? Equanimity a strict definition, they call it psycho psychological stability. 
right? Composure, which is undisturbed by experience or exposure to emotions, pain, or other phenomena. Now, this is my major breakthrough because breakthrough, I would say there's two kinds of equanimity in the Buddhist tradition. There's the first kind of equanimity, sheer from the Brahma Vihara, right? You have equanimity, this um, treating pleasure and pain, praise and blame the same, right? This idea, the teaching from the worldly winds. And then I argue once you've achieved that equanimity, once you're able to follow the breath, and once you're uh, able to achieve this uh, not having excessive reactions to pleasure, pain, good and bad, when you're resident in this state of equanimity, this fourth jhana, this uh, sati uh, upekka, I never really understood that. It seems, well, we work on equanimity and then you achieve it in the fourth jhana and then why is it still only halfway there? Well, the reason why it's only halfway there is because up to that fourth jhana, you're just trying to achieve this state of equanimity to put it into practice. Now, once you've achieved this resident in this, that's this idea of sati uh, upekka, once you've achieved this equanimity, now it is your job to see the second state of equanimity, upekka, this unity of self. Uh, when you look at yabyam, when you look at zogchen practice, when you look at some of these advanced practices, if you look at these stages after the fourth jhana, it is the self, the, the nature of self. It's the first fetter, Right? It's the first barrier to stream entry. So your first entry to uh, achieving uh, this state of equanimity, residing in this state, uh, the first barrier is the nature of self. Uh, and um, it goes on and says that it's, uh, it's advocated by a number of major religions. And I don't, uh, I don't argue him being wrong. But I argue uh, equanimity is poorly defined in a Western sense. Uh, in Latin, it's equus animus. Animus, like mind or soul. But animus, we know. Animal, uh, you know? Yes, but to animate something. So it's your thoughts, uh, your feelings, your actions, yourself, your mind, your soul, as they say, but so much more. If the soul itself isn't nothing but a process, then animus is talking about us, the somatic self, the body, and the mind, thus the soul. An aqueous, they say, to be the mind, right? Having an even mind, aqueous, even, equal, calm. That's why I say, I say, aqueous, upeka. They mean the same. It's balanced, it's even, it's madimaka. A middle way, right? And if you look at all the religions that are, and that's why I've been saying for how long, my religion is equanimity. My religion is upekka. What does that mean? There is no self, but the one self, right? Now, what is that one self? There's another argument. Is it, um, it's not the alaya ujnana. The alaya viznana, that storehouse of these seeds of karma that we think and take to be the self, that's what we're draining when we get to this fourth jhana. We empty that alaya viznana, that storehouse, the bhavanga sota, we empty that storehouse, thus 
once resident in mindful equanimity, that's when we can work towards the amala vijnana, that perfected nature. And I argue that might be a stage before uh, total enlightenment of nibbana or Buddha nature, or it could be the state that you remain resident in to be a bodhisattva. Right? Bodhisattva being someone who has achieved this liberation but has vowed to remain until all sentient beings are liberated. Arguably, what would the difference be between a perfected state such as Amalavijnana and Buddha nature, Tathagata Garbha? The difference being separate from. So that would make perfect sense. If you empty uh, the storehouse of the self, and you realize that the real teaching is just to become aware that the self does not exist. It's just a process. That's the destiny here. And when I was recording, the one thing that I thought was a pretty good uh, mention is Carl Jung, his uh, perspective on the self is no different than the Yogacaran perspective of the self is no different than the modern phenomenology uh, uh, study of self or consciousness nowadays, is no different than many of the other interpretations, in the Gita even. The only thing that's different, and I argue it's a very common issue, is this term war. Rather than uh, working towards the meaning, we just want to argue um, the words are worse but so i just want to get that across it's something we've been uh farting around on uh well i'm gonna probably cut that out yeah but anyways have a wonderful day i have my doubts anybody makes it this far anyway so i'm just gonna leave it in